It's Mental Health Chat Monday, the brand new version, honey. In this series, we will sit down with a brand new guest every single week and talk about their journey with mental health and mental wellness. Because on Mental Health Chat Monday, our series is turning mental illness into mental wellness. I am your host, DJ Bryonic. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on all my social media and all that good stuff. But that is not what we're here to discuss today. Today, we are here with my very, very, very good friend, family member, somebody that I love and adore and appreciate. And like, we have already filmed this video once before. So, <laughs> um, when I was in um, more dire straits and not actively working on my YouTube channel. So I am here with writer, director, actor, all around incredibly talented, beautiful soul, and just like gifted human being. Nix Kane is in the house, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Okay, so you're my, I was going to be real profesh and have like my little flash card. <laughs> I was going to be like, and so, but I really want this to be more casual than formal. So. Introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Just tell us. Tell us how we met. How was it? What was our first interaction with each other? Because we've known each other for a really long time. Yeah, some years now. Um, so I'm Nix Kane. I met D Dare Bionic um, when I had an audition. We were doing a show called um, "Am I Black Enough Yet?" And I was the director. And by the grace of God, we crossed paths. <laughs> um, blew me away and i don't know ever since then you've just been family it just was like almost yeah. like this, this instant connection it really was an instant connection i remember walking into the room and being like oh my god i love this person like your humor the way you directed your style and you just seemed so like casual and you were just like eh, let's have fun it was i was enamored immediately I mean, okay. that's what I'm here for. That's what mental health check <laughs> is about. So, first things first, mental health check. Mm -hmm. Where is your mental health? Let me not clap right in front of the camera. I do that all the time. Like, let's talk about... Um, no, mental health check. Where are you today? How is your mental health? How is 2023 treating you so far? Um, thus far, I've been having a pretty good 2023. Um, surprisingly so. Um, it shouldn't be surprisingly, but um, <laughs> in the past few New Year's I've had, it was rocky. But today, I mean, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm in good spirits. I can see a path, mm -hmm. and that's something a bit new for me, at least newer, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess I'm just feeling excited about the future. You seem, like, really light today. Yeah. Like, you seem like you're kind of floating, yeah. and I kind of live for it. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Okay, so... If you're comfortable sharing, mm -hmm. talk to us about your diagnoses, mm -hmm. where you are on that journey, and, you know, you share as much as you want to. You, this is your interview. I'm just here to be the caveat yeah. or the catalyst, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed, uh, I guess, officially. Uh, I got my report back last year, but um, I have anxiety, severe depression, uh, PTSD and I have a binge um, eating disorder as well um, I will say getting those diagnoses it felt more like a relief than anything 
um, because I'm not crazy. I grew, come from a background where you have what you say. Mm-hmm. So me, oh, and I found out I have ADHD as well, which plays crazy hard into the depression and anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. So, yay. But <laughs> you have what you're saying. And I just remember growing up and telling my mom about these things. She was like, well, if you say that you have it, then you're going to have it. And so it just felt good knowing that I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. That I'm not just this crazy, unlovable psychopath who just can't get it together. So yeah. it felt good. I guess, you know, somebody else seeing what I'm seeing in me being just like, thank God. Like, <laughs> finally, someone, I'm seen. Someone sees me. I'm not crazy. And we can work on it. And, so. you know, I I talked about in the first episode, which is kind of introduction, me talking about my story. When I got my diagnosis, I felt similarly. It, mm-hmm. And I guess that's, you know, we'll find that out through the series and talking to more people who have been diagnosed or not diagnosed or what have you. But it really is like, all the way up until that moment, you're like, I have, like, like, this is not normal, right? Like, this is not okay. I am not okay. Why am I not okay? What's happening? And then you go to the doctor and they're like, okay, well, you have this. So I was, I was diagnosed, I think, with generalized anxiety disorder and, um, which was a shock to me because mm-hmm. I'm not an anxious person. I don't, I don't think I am. I think they go hand in hand though. Cause but, yeah. My sister, she has major anxiety with a little bit of depression. I have major depression with a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I and, and I guess that's kind of how it was at the time too, because I had like severe, I guess, dis- depressive disorder, which has in the what am I thirty now? In the eight years of mm-hmm. having a clinical diagnosis and mm-hmm. being able to actively work on it, I I definitely feel less depressed within the past five years, mm-hmm. but really within the past, like, two or three years, I've been like, mm. do I even have depression anymore? Who is she? I never met her. I don't know her. <laughs> oh, I know her. I know her very well. She's a good sis. She's not a good sis, but she's, you know, she she's around. <laughs> um, she be parlaying in the back of my mind. She sneak up on me sometimes. Like, won't go home. You know, <laughs> my mama said we couldn't have no sleepover tonight. Go home. <laughs> Go home. Um, I'm actually glad that you brought up how you felt because that was my next question. Um, Follow up to that. How has that diagnosis and the feeling after said diagnosis, how has that affected how you uh, approach life and relationships? Um, For me, I guess I have a bit more. I'm I'm able to put up boundaries now. Mm. Now that Mm. I realize there are triggers for me and there are reasons that I may feel a certain way, Mm -hmm. I am now able to put up the boundaries for myself and go, okay, well, this is not good for my mental health. I may love you. I may want to be in contact with you or date you or whatever it may be, but Mm -hmm. it's not good for my mental health overall. And at the end of the day, if I don't put myself first, there, there will be no self left over. For anyone. You gotta so. say that. Oh, okay, I had a podcast uh, several years ago called um, Urban Proper with my good friend Shisha, and we used to do this thing called ASMR Snaps. And I'm gonna borrow that for a minute. Shisha, if you're watching this, I love you, girl, and I'm ready to bring Urban Proper back. I gotta get that some ASMR Snaps. Because boundaries are so important for every person, whether you are mentally ill or not. Mm-hmm. This is me talking directly to you. If you are mentally ill or not mentally ill, you still need to set boundaries. It's so important to know 
what is good for you. Mm-hmm. And to not let somebody make you feel like you're being selfish because you won't accept something. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. You better believe I'm going to be selfish because, like you said, if I don't go put myself first, ain't going to be no self. Mm-hmm. Which, whew, listen, that that gave me a chill. That really gave me a chill. Yeah. If I don't put myself first, there won't be any self. That's going to be the name of this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to write that down because I will forget. <laughs> I am notorious for forgetting. <laughs> Hold the hell on. So while I... Mm-hmm. This isn't supposed to be here, but while I write that down so I don't forget, how... Um, where am I? Oof. Therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy is a very powerful and important tool. Even if you don't have mental illness, it is still great to get an objective um, outside viewpoint of life and situations and circumstances so how i know you go to therapy how has therapy affected your um mental wellness your journey to mental wellness and your general life um uh it's honestly been amazing um it is when i say it's amazing don't get me wrong i'm not saying that it's not hard it's difficult it's extremely difficult there are times where i do not want to do therapy because I feel so raw in the moment that I can't handle another revelation about myself. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't handle it. And um, a few months ago, I actually, I think I just started going back to therapy in December. I had taken um, time from like August to December off because in that that place, I I just didn't have it in me. In that moment, what I told my therapist, I was like, I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow. Right now, where I'm at, I don't want to grow. I just want to stand still. There's so much going on. I cannot handle peeling back another layer of Mm -hmm. myself. So I stood still. And then when it got to the point where I needed someone, I actually contacted her in the middle of the night because I was just having this whole meltdown and she made sure she responded. She called me on her free time and... um. You know, she was talking to me and I was like, okay, well, I have to go do this. And she was like, okay, well, I'll call you back tonight when I get home. And she called me back when she got home. And she just, she's amazing. And I resisted her in the beginning, too, Mm -hmm. because she wasn't my actual first therapist. My therapist um, went to go work for the military, so she couldn't bring her patients with her. Mm -hmm. And so I got sent to this um, trauma therapist. Because uh, apparently that's what I need. But um, (laughs) this trauma therapist who deals more with like the things that I have uh, experienced in life. And I resisted so much. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to change. I didn't want to have to open up myself to someone else new. I didn't want to have to. I had just found something that felt like a connection. I felt like I was seen. I felt like I was heard. Mm -hmm. And to have to do that with someone all over again. Uh. I didn't want to do it. (laughs) If anybody knows me, it's really hard for me to open up. And when I do find a good thing, I do my best to keep it. But everybody is supposed to be in your life for there's a there's a season i mm-hmm. think for most people yeah some people are there the entire time uh-huh just like the sun you know what i'm saying some people are going to be there the entire time but i'm grateful for both of them both of them have changed my life dramatically and while i'm not going to say i'm cured i'm healed i can now navigate my emotions i am learning to love myself i am learning to 
allow myself to be human and that's the hardest thing for me mm-hmm. is to deal with human emotions everything in me wants to just hide i'm like okay i'm good with a book mm-hmm. you know what the worst i got is a paper cut yes they burn but they heal you know yeah i ain't got time for the emotional things and i i don't mean to cut you yeah, off yeah, what yeah. i want to say um i emotions are this isn't one of the questions but how has I the I'm only going to say this this way because I know that we're friends. Yeah. How does gaining emotions feel? Like like a like a traitor just invaded my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is treason. That's what it is. It's straight up Take treason. me to the gallows. Okay. All right, you're done. You uh-huh. not do your country well. You have to go. That's how it feels. I didn't know how it feels to chew <laughs> five gum. Um, <laughs> I feel that though, because like, not that I have ever been been like a completely emotionless person, mm-hmm. but I I also kind of struggle sometimes with emotions. Um, I typically feel everything mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And especially when I was in my earlier 20s, before I kind of realized I was an empath Mm -hmm. and this how to control and navigate that ability Mm -hmm. and and that being of a person, it was really hard for me to be like, to separate other people's emotions from my own. Mm -hmm. I know that's something you struggle with as Mm -hmm. well. Is that something that therapy has helped you navigate or is it something that you're still fight not fighting but like still figuring out um i'm definitely still figuring out i'm not saying that it's not helping me but i've spent so long being numb Mm -hmm. and i liked it not gonna lie i miss it you know sometimes it does feel good to just detach i can't i can't even it's like a snuggie you know what i'm saying like i want it back sometimes uh but i also get hot so i probably should let it go um it's it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is extremely overwhelming to be numb. I had to be numb of how I grew up. It's not that, like you said, I didn't feel emotions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to show emotions. Mm-hmm. I got mocked for my emotions um, and not from just outside of this is from from family. We, we weren't allowed to have a weakness. Um, and I learned early on that any emotion that I did show was deemed bad. Mm. I'll give you a reason to cry or, you know what I'm saying? Just little things like that. My, I guess I could say, my mother would mock me when I cried. She mocked me. (laughs) My mom mocked me for my, uh, anything that terrified me. It was so hard to to ever be vulnerable. So it's then to come to, I'm now in my 30s, but my late 20s, when it came to a head and it was, I was forced, it was forced. I broke one day. One day it just broke. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to put it back together. I'm still looking for all the pieces, okay? Because it still feels like a flood sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm doing better. Yeah. And I'm realizing that the two emotions that I identify with, other than numbness, were, you know, anger and sadness. 
those two other emotions were me feeling other people's emotions as well. Mm-hmm. But I only knew how to put those things in those two categories. Yeah, Happiness was not an emotion for me. Joy, all these other things, even fear. It wasn't even that. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm just going to get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm mad. Uh, yep. Exactly. Pissed. Exactly. Like how, how dare you try to come for me? Who do you think you are? Never. Frederick. <laughs> Frederick Cougar. <laughs> Freddie. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> you know, black people gotta get everybody <laughs> extra name. I stole that from somebody. Somebody that Ronnie watches on YouTube. I don't know. Um, oh my god, I was about to say something and I forgot what it was because of Frederick Cougar. Um, I remember the first time I ever truly felt happy mm-hmm. um, after childhood because my I I have honestly quite the opposite. My mom and you know my mom. Mm-hmm. She is. I talk about her in literally every video. She's probably watching this sobbing uncontrollably. Um, But she, I mean, she's my best friend. I absolutely adore that woman. But she encouraged us, Mm -hmm. all of us, all of my siblings to feel, Mm -hmm. to feel what we felt. And when I was going through the, the absolute depths of my depression and hiding it from her, (coughs) thank you for not coughing in my face. I'm kidding. Um, no, when I was going through the absolute depths of my depression, she was the first person to pull, grab my hand and pull me out. And so my childhood was great up until age like 14, mm-hmm. really probably age 12. And then that's when things got crazy. And I don't remember truly and honestly being happy. I think back to all the times where I like had fun with my friends, where I was like, we went to the mall, we went to high school dances, we... Went on vacations and trips. I don't remember being happy. I remember being like, this is how I should feel. So I'm just going to seem like I feel this way. I remember being truly happy until I was 25. (laughs) And that probably sounds crazy to some people. But I couldn't categorize happy Mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. And it's so wild the first time you're like, what? Is this <laughs> what the fuck? How did I? Who would? Why am I warm? Did somebody turn me on? <laughs> did I have a drink and I didn't know? <laughs> it, but like it, it really is. As a mentally ill person, it's really wild when you kind of actually. Um, Acknowledge, accept, and then move forward with the healing process. And nobody tells you how hard healing is. Healing is difficult. It is the scariest thing I have ever done in my life. Ever. It's the scariest thing I will ever do in my life. I could go and play music for 100,000 people. That's not scary to me. Mm-hmm. It makes me a little jittery, but like in a good way. It mm-hmm. it doesn't terrify me the way actively seeking help for my <laughs> chemical imbalance. <laughs> but this thing up here, I, can I get a new one? Can we find one on Amazon? Will I retain my memories? I mean, it might show up, but they did on eBay that it was the iPhone eight, and it was the three. It was no, it was a seven. It was a three and a four. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. Because the one I was born with, (laughs) 
Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's clinical <laughs> depression. <laughs> Deviating from the to- topic of emotions mm-hmm. for Our just enemy. a moment. Hmm? I said our enemy. Our true enemy. I really hate, like, I don't, I'm not going to say I hate it because emotions have informed a lot of my album, Statue of Cutmas, my the play that I wrote that you were in. Like, it. When it comes to art, love it. Oh. Uh, love it. Yes. Love it. Some of my best work comes from, you know, the mm-hmm. trauma. I'm talking about outside of the, when I'm not creating. Walking art. around the streets. You know, in my in my house, uh-huh. in my slippers. Yeah. You know, I'm just sitting at the fridge like, are we going to eat today? It's too much work. Let's go back to bed. You know what I'm saying? You know. And those moments. Yeah. Know? I feel that. I feel that. It's, it sucks. Mm-hmm. At work, when you want to cuss that bitch out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you say, well, he's a lie. He's a cheat. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want, want you. you. I don't, I don't want, want you. I don't, I don't want you. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I feel that. Another Kiki Palmer moment. I don't know who that man is. Sorry to this man. Me at every emotion I ever have have ever felt. I don't mean to sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I I love Kiki Palmer so much. She's everything. Um, I had such a crush on her growing up. And now her partner, her boyfriend's name is Darius. And I'm like, that could have been me. But you know what? I'm happy. I ain't going to be mad. Is it your baby? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so <laughs> to medication. <laughs> I would love, y'all tag Kiki home in the comments. I would love to have Kiki on the episode. Listen, could you imagine my, like, first season of my podcast series yeah. and it's Kiki Palmer on the episode? Baby, this is Kiki Palmer. <laughs> I would gag. I would fully gag. Um, but back to the topic at hand. Medication is another thing that we really, as mentally ill people, sometimes utilize as a tool mm-hmm. on our journey. How has medication affected your journey with mental health? Um, I think it is uh, an awesome thing. One of the few things, uh, one of the main reasons why I resisted to even thinking that I had depression in the first place is because I didn't want to be on medication my entire life. Mm-hmm. I already take so many medications for allergies because, you know, um, your girl can't go outside without sneezing. That you is know? a fact. We just, we just get the environment trying to kill me. And I'm just like, you know, just wait for my emotions to do it. You ain't got to. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but i will say that they have helped um tremendously um it's not that they take away my emotions or anything like that they allow me to calm down and see that it's not the end of the world Mm. and that's what's important because i'm a very all-or-nothing person you know what i mean I'm a ride or die friend. I'm a ride or die partner in what you know situation, or I'm just cool on you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's the same with my emotions. When I feel, I'm very passionate, uh, and I guess you could say I'm a sensitive individual. And I'm learning that that's not a bad thing. It is not. Yeah, which I'm, I'm embracing. We trying. We trying. Thank you to my therapist. Um, but it it can be a lot. It can be a lot when you wake up and you think, you know what? If life was going to offer me something to stick around for, it would have done it already. Mm-hmm. 
I would have had a reason to be happy. I would have had a reason to stick around. I would have made that impact I'm supposed to make. But with the medicine, sometimes it's like, okay, it's not about you. We are all feeling these things mm -hmm. and it's okay that you're feeling them. Even if it seems dumb to someone else, it is okay. It is your feelings. Mm -hmm. And instead of hiding from them, embrace them, yeah. understand them, live them. Because the longer you don't, the more intense it is when it does burst through that door. Mm -hmm. And so I think even now I still struggle with spending the 20, first 28 years of my life without emotions mm -hmm. to even now I'm like, oh man, I could feel myself wanting to cry. And it's not even me. It's probably the eight-year-old version of me yeah. that didn't get a chance to mourn or be heard or to be seen or to feel safe, you know, trying to express that part of themselves now. So I think it's great because if I had to deal with all of that emotion without something to just also be like, hey, 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 it's okay. hey calm down. It's all right. All right. We're going to get that. through this. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Without that, um, surely I don't think I'll be around. Because it was, when it first came, it was extremely intense. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Yeah. I, it, I think it's so beautiful to learn and appreciate uh, the journey of healing. When I first got my di diagnosis, the first thing they did was prescribing medicine. Mm -hmm. And... One of the first things my doctor said was, I, well, you're pretty young. I don't want to give you something that's going to mess with your um, mm -hmm. sexual business. Mm -hmm. And that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was 22. Um, but more than that, I, I, I think I am not medicated. I know that I am fortunate to be able to exist in a world with a mental illness and feel level enough to not be medicated or not not require medicine um and i know that all mentally ill people do not exist that way and i a big part of why i put the medicine question in this this series mm -hmm. is to erase that stigma mm -hmm. because we need it mm -hmm. sometimes you do need that extra boost to get through the day sometimes you do need that for me it's caffeine that's mm -hmm. what's in this cup that's my medicine but just like a person with, I have really bad allergies, not as severe as yours. I'm sorry, no shade. You know, I have um, tolerance for medicine at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I I have really bad allergies, so I take an allergy pill and nasal spray every day. Mm -hmm. I have suffered from chronic migraine, mm -hmm. so when I have a migraine, I'm taking a migraine pill. Like, mm -hmm. I, I need medicine for my physical health, and if I needed medicine for my mental health, I can understand where it would be like, well, shit, I'm already on so much medicine, but medicine is necessary. I'm We're in a time and a place in the world where medication is so forward, mm -hmm. and we can take it, not take advantage, but um, well, I guess take advantage of that, that tool mm -hmm. and couple it with therapy, with friends and family, and with journaling and all these other tools and, and skills that we have as as mentally ill people to grow, change, and accept. I think a, a big part of growth, healing, and the journey from mental illness to mental wellness is, um, what did I just say? I literally just said the word acceptance. Wow. I forgot that fast. I don't even smoke weed. <laughs> I think the major thing that holds a lot of us back is acceptance. Mm -hmm. 
accepting that we are that damaged eight-year-old child, accepting that we are depressed, that we are anxious, that we do have something imbalanced, and that is because of society, not because of us. Mm. Not It has nothing to do with us as mentally ill people. It has to do with society, and especially as black people. I was just talking with my partner about this last night. We sweep everything under the rug. And you said this earlier. It, If you have it, what'd you say? If you say you have it, you have it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah, I do. And I need help. And I'm crying out for help. And like Because you weren't a slave, you know, just be thankful now. Yeah, you better be thankful that you, you could be picking cotton. Okay, well, I feel like I'm picking the next blade. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's not funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, it's I. I have to joke about it that way because that was my I mean, method most of choice. Comes from pain. Yeah, it comes from pain. You know, uh, I got a tattoo right here for a reason. But I, I, it, it just the stigmatization of taking medication, mm-hmm. of being mentally ill, mm-hmm. of being quote not normal, even though. I feel like mental illness is more normal than not being mentally ill at this point um, because we're all traumatized, (laughs) especially after a global pandemic, especially Mm -hmm. after 9-11 and all these Mm -hmm. things that have happened in our lifetime. I saw something online that was like, I am sick of living through historical events. (laughs) I'm only 30. I've been through a, a... terrorist attack (laughs) I wasn't there but I watched it on TV in the third grade I've been through a global pandemic that is still kind of going on y'all I've been through Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter school shootings school shootings um freaking two recessions Mm -hmm. when am I gonna get to go to school for a dollar I don't even want to go back to college, but like, why but am I still in option. debt? It's an option that you you want to have. Yeah, I want to be able to be like, hmm, I want to go to college. Here's my dollar. <laughs> Instead of being like, hmm, I want to go to college. Never mind, I'm already in debt. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, we as millennials, we've lived through so much, and <laughs> I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. Um, but on the topic of going through and living through, um. So many, so many life events. So much. Um, let's talk a little bit about trauma. It's not one of the questions that are, yeah. is on here, but I know that my trauma has affected me in I'm not really necessarily realizing it until just the past couple years. I was almost killed by a bus uh, when I was in my early teens. Mm. And I wasn't like driving or anything. We were sitting still, whatever. But that moment has really I don't have a driver's license I'm 30 years old being in a car freaks me out Mm. and I didn't realize it until Mm -hmm. like a couple years ago Mm -hmm. it's but the more I think about it the more I think about every time I've been in a car since I'm like I like Mm. I tense up even if I see a car, like, I know the car is not going to hit me from the other lane, but you never fucking know. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to almost get hit by a bus. Like, mm-hmm. 
So I know that that trauma has affected me in that way. How has, and you don't have to go into any depth with your trauma at all if you don't want to. I'm not encouraging that. But how has your trauma, I guess, affected your life as an adult in ways that you didn't expect? Um, I didn't realize that I would never be able to have a functioning relationship uh, outside of friends who are family. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that I just didn't want people around. Mm. And, oh, I will not tear up, not today. Listen, we're no here Satan. for... No I got Satan, no. I got tissues right over there. <laughs> um, but I always thought that I didn't want people around. Um, and I realized it wasn't... It was almost like if I rejected the thought of others before they could reject me, it was okay. Mm. Um, and then also with that, I was protecting myself. I mean, now looking back, you know, I probably didn't have the most stable childhood as far as you know just my parents concerned concerning them or whatever but it was never a place where i felt safe i've never felt safe in my life i've never felt safe in my life um i never feel safe even by myself i don't feel safe and i don't mean in the sense of like i'm afraid of myself or anything like that i just genuinely am never at rest my body is always on alert for um whatever they have Vicks on them be careful (laughs) (laughs) oh they don't really smell Vicksy okay but you know I can blame it the crying on this right Uh uh-huh oh my god Vicks what you do Um, (laughs) uh, but I I'm always on a constant state of alert and I and I'm realizing it more and more like even at work, if people are, if I hear a lot of noise or commotion in the background, especially if I've been focused on something and I come out of it and I hear it, I automatically think someone is fighting. Mm. And I'll be like, oh my God, what are they fighting about? What are they arguing? What's going on? They'll be like, they're not. They're laughing. But that's what I hear. That's my first instinct. Um, and I guess it's just how it is. I'm always on alert, even by myself sometimes when I'm at home and I'm laying there and I'm like, well, it's too quiet to think things are too at rest. What am I forgetting? What is about to come for me? And it's to the point that it ruins my sleep, you mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. And since I was little, I've had terrifying nightmares. Who knows what all I saw then, too, that I can't remember now because there are chunks of my life that I can't remember or chunks of my life that came back at a later date because that's what the brain does to uh, protect you especially as a child it mm-hmm. will block those memories um, so having a normal relationship is not something that I necessarily know how to do I know how to give my all when it comes to family when it comes to friends and I think that if I was in a relationship I would know how to be there for them but even with family and relationship being there for others is always at the expense of myself. Mm-hmm. I only know how to give it all. And it sucks when you're being told that the way that you love is too much, is too intense. You know, you can't expect people to care for you. And I'm not saying people care for you the same way. Everybody has their own love language or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've never had that sense of security. So it is terrifying for me 
to sit here and try to open up with others in that way because I don't know if I can necessarily uh, deal with the rejection. Because I'm like, oh, I tried. Oh, it's not working. All right, time to go. Time to head out. <laughs> it's time to head up now. And that's kind of how I feel with like just life. I, I, I don't know how to have relations with others. And in all honesty, I've never known. Everything I've learned about human interaction has been from books and television and movies. So now that I'm out here experiencing it for the first time, it's very different than I thought it would be. And a part of me misses the um, ignorance that I had before I had Ignorance is bliss. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, she was so stupid and it was good for her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that's, that's how trauma is. But it, it, it affects me in, in every, every relationship that I have, even among friends, even the secret thoughts that I have to myself. Mm-hmm. All of it is affecting me, even with the people that I love the most, even with my niece, you know, somewhere down the line. She's only two. She don't know nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's something. So, I mean, honestly, it it, it's, it it haunts me, you know, but, you know, I'm supposed to be black and, you know, strong. I got this. <laughs> but, you know, there's strength and vulnerability. Yeah. And I didn't mean to make you cry. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> There's there's strength and vulnerability and there's strength in um, crying and in acknowledging mm-hmm. and yeah I you can still be strong and feel weak I think that's another thing that we don't allow ourselves to be is you know sometimes we don't uh, have to be strong all the time sometimes we do get to have that moment of like. I don't know what the hell to do and I don't know how to do it and I don't know where to go from here. So I'm just going to sit and feel all of this wretched, horrible, clawing, aching thing that is like screaming inside Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let that happen. I'm going to feel it. And then. And I definitely need to be more like that. But mine is more like, I don't know what to do. So. Put that in a box. Mm-hmm. The Lord will take care of it. <laughs> and, you know. You know what they say. He won't put more on you than you can handle. You know, and you know, we both agreed to take this aside. So and that's what we do. We listen. put it in a box. And we pretend like it's not happening. It's my trauma in a box. <laughs> it's my trauma in a and box. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I, where am I at? I want to talk briefly before we kind of close this out. Yeah. I kind of mentioned it earlier. I wrote a play called My Infinite Sadness. It hangs proudly on my wall every day. I, it is my crowning achievement and I will do a, I guess I'll do something about it. I don't know. Well, I'll talk more about it at length, but, uh, Nyx was in a production of the of the show for the French Festival in 2019. Absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, phenomenally talented. Will you... I already know how it has affected you. Yeah. And this is, this is not me trying to blow up my own head. This is truly... My Infinite Sadness was the catalyst of this series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I am in my healing people through art era. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people might not consider YouTube or a podcast art, but it is. Uh, It is being creative. It is taking a concept in your brain and making it a true idea. And my infinite sadness was, like I said, the catalyst for Mental Health Chat Monday. It brought so many conversations to the forefront for a lot of people who have never even thought that other people could feel the way they could or didn't understand the implications of um, suicidal thoughts or actual completion of suicide. Like it, it, it opened up this world that I didn't expect for it to. Um, so will you talk to me a little bit about how my infinite sadness affected you and just where we are now? Um, well, I went to see the show the first time it was, uh, it premiered. I uh, saw the production. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, I actually ended up seeing it twice. I had to take my friend to see it the next time. But also, I was so moved. My conversation with the therapist, because he provided a therapist for us mm-hmm. to talk to during intermission, ended up being a little bit longer. So there was a couple of scenes I didn't get to see. And I was like, oh, no, we got to come back. But my conversation with him was a little, it was eye-opening. And then I went back and I saw the rest of the play and I was like, oh my God, it's just fantastic. And I think it was the next day or the next weekend, I I brought my other friend. I was like, you have to see this. This is amazing. This is so powerful. It's so moving. It's black excellence at its finest. It's just opening up another world for us to, you know, to see ourselves, that we are people. And I think that's the thing that, you know, not just us as black people, but the world with black people have a hard time realizing is that we are indeed humans. Mm-hmm. So the emotions you have are the emotions that we have. We might have different scenarios and different situations, but overall we have the same feelings. Yeah. And so being a human being, being vulnerable is something that we weren't allowed to do or allowed to be you know what i'm saying so seeing that on stage was eye-opening so the next time that you put it up for the french festival Mm -hmm. and you asked me to be a part i was like oh yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) because in my mind i was trying to get a spot anyway (laughs) i already liked the two other actresses but i was like if one of them fall that's okay just break a pinky toe Somewhere they got to put a little boot on, but it's not too hardcore. You know what I'm saying? They can't clunk around on the stage. Uh That's Uh, it. Of course, my mom is calling me. Uh, Not really. I wasn't really. I I really wanted to be a part of the show. I didn't really wish you will, but I was just saying, like, if you had multiple productions going at the same time, I could go to the West Coast while somebody went to the East Coast. (laughs) You said you need a European tour. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was very excited to have you. Um, it so the original production was L'Oreal Costello, uh, who will be on the series in a couple episodes. Very excited, and Elizabeth McCormick. Um, and one of them had to step down uh, because of work and life and all that good stuff. And you were immediately my next choice. Like, 
without hesitation, I was like, well, I got to get next. So <laughs> clear your schedule for the end of the summer. Thank you. Like not even really asking. I was just like, hey, you want to be in the show? Cool. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think all, all three of you involved in the production who really got to because it was produced one more time um virtually via zoom which was still a beautiful you know moment or whatever but it really it really is something that needs to be seen live and i don't say that as like you gotta see my show live but like you you have to experience the talent you have to experience because it's my story it's semi-autobiographical it's semi-autobiographical but it really is the actors who lead the piece truthfully like it i put the words on the page but y'all gave it life that i never expected for it to have mm-hmm. and i learned things from this show about myself through your voices mm. that was like damn i didn't even know i was experiencing that or feeling that or and so to to have all three actors come to me at separate times and be like, this show has affected me in X, Y, Z way. It was just in the talkbacks with the therapist afterwards. It was exactly my vision to show when I put my mind to something. Listen, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> when I put my mind to something, it's going to happen uh-huh. and it's going to happen the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. And for that show to premiere on my birthday my 25th birthday 26th birthday 19 20 21 22 23 yeah 26th birthday <laughs> to premiere on my birthday to the weather to hold out because it was supposed to storm really bad all the things that happened with that show that were that were trying to stop it listen it was more than I could have ever imagined, mm-hmm. more than I could have ever dreamed. And mm-hmm. not because of the success or the money that I made or anything like that, truly because it was healing for people. Mm-hmm. Because I had people come to me after the show in the audience and be like, wow, I needed this. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that for everybody. I want to I want to present that healing piece, not just my infinite sadness, Anything I do, any piece of art that I create, I want it to speak to somebody. Um, and that's where I am at 30. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> that's how I feel when I get on stage because I'm doing something. My dad asked me the other day. Well, no, not the other day, this morning. Why do you always do stuff with a lot of emotion? You know, the, you know sometimes they're like trigger warning. And I was like, look, I want to leave people with something. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, I want you to leave with something, whatever that emotion may be. But I always want... To leave a lasting impression in the best possible way. Yeah. I want everybody to... I want you to leave the theater to turn off my song to finish this episode and be like, I got something from that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a connection with a person you never knew. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a realization that you never thought you would come to. Even if it is as little as, wow, I can't wait to see what else you talk about. Mm-hmm. I just want you to leave with a piece of something that you can hold on to and carry with you through the day. Mm-hmm. And I want that for my guests as well. I want that for the people that come onto the series because 
I have done so much work in healing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not done by any means, Mm -hmm. but I'm at a place where I feel like I can finally help other people. Mm. And I want, I just, that's just it. That really is just it. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not me about to cry. (laughs) Nope. Uh Uh-uh. Not as the host. You're not getting no tears out of me. So, um, no tears. (laughs) I will not cry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, your show was amazing. Thank you. And that's why I'm tatted with this man's words. It's right here. It may look like it's forward to you guys. I don't know if it'll be flipped, but it's backwards for me. Um, It's a lot in his show. And so whenever I look in the mirror, it's forward facing for me. And it's just a kind of reminder that I'm here and being here is enough. That is my favorite monologue in the whole show. It's beautiful. In the whole, that one and the Vertigo monologue. So the the tattoo is from the end of one of the scenes called Dark Matter. Um, And if you know anything about space, you know that Dark Matter is like the thing that is holding the universe together. And I am obsessed with space. I love space. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. I still kind of do, not going to lie. But then math and science came in, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to head out. Um, I can be there to entertain. Yeah. Y'all need somebody to twirl in space? Listen. <laughs> I got you. I zero gravity twirl, honey. Yes. <laughs> but I, I've always been obsessed with space, even since I was a little wee one. And... Um, I made this connection of dark matter um, being the thing that holds the world together and dark matter as in a person um, mattering. There, there's there's several different definitions of the word matter. You have matter as in like being a physical being and then you have matter as in somebody is important. They are in not influential, but they are... Uh, the reason for an existence for, you know, so it was a very, if I do say so myself, a very beautiful and eloquent um, comparison of dark matter as in the stuff in space and mattering as in being an important person. And that monologue, when I finished it, um, that one still makes me cry. I'm I'm trying not to cry thinking about it. It's beautiful. That monologue... I wrote it when I was really low Mm. and I felt like I didn't matter. Mm. And then literally I walked out of the door at work, the little alarm beeped and it just standing outside my job on the clock in my phone, wrote this whole monologue, which turned into this whole scene in the piece. Um, So that was a little sidebar. Um, But that monologue and the velocity, not velocity, Uh, vertigo, vertigo, (laughs) Velocity is the song that I also wrote when I was depressed. Um, Vertigo monologue is... I wrote it on the bus while I was experiencing Vertigo. A lot of a lot of the, um, the show was written in points where I was feeling what I was feeling during the monologue. I think the only one that came from a place of just like pure creativity was uh, maybe The Therapist. Because mm. that one... It just like, but anyway, 
I only have a couple more questions for you. Actually, I don't have. I just have one more question. Okay. So, um, our motto here, like I said at the beginning of the video, is turning mental illness into mental wellness. Mm -hmm. And what is what does mental wellness look like, or feel like, or or sound like to you? Um, to be able to be present in every moment. Um, to not look so forward to the future where I can change it all or the past where I can rewrite history to be, be there in that moment to allow myself to be happy and to be present instead of thinking of all the things I should have done or thinking of all the things that I need to gain in order to have happiness. So that, I think that's what it is overall, finding peace and a balance within myself. I mean, I'm obviously going to still have bad days, but to know that I'm allowed to have them. It's okay. And I will rise again. So mm -hmm. I think that's what it looks like for me. That was oh. beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love talking to you. Yeah. Even when we're not on camera. I, I, I love it. it. Truly and honestly, and I have said this to you a million times and I will say it to you a million more. You are family to me. You are a part of my heart and a part of my life forever. He's trying to make me cry. <laughs> I'm not. I, I promise. Stand him. Um, Capricorn just coming for a cancer. Just rude. Listen, <laughs> you know. You know we sensitive. <sighs> I can't stand you. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for being here, for being in my life, and just for being a beautiful soul. Mm. Um. What, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. Leave us with with um, one piece of advice for those who are either... Actually, no. Leave us with one piece of advice for allies of the community, of the mental health community, those of us with mental illness. What can someone who is not experiencing mental illness do to be in our corner and and be there for us? to allow us to feel the emotions without trying to fix us. Mm. To allow us to be in our emotions, to not tell us, well, yeah, you'll experience this, but blah, 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 blah. Or, yeah, it'll happen, but you don't allow that person to just be in that moment. Accept that person in that moment. Allow them and let them know that you will be there so they feel safe. Because for me, and it's happened to me, it will get to a point where they stop telling you and letting you know when something is wrong. Because all you're going to do or how they feel that it's going to come across is you'll try to fix them. And what they need in that moment is not to be fixed but to be held and to be loved and to be heard and mm. to be told that no matter what they're feeling in that moment, they are enough. So if you can do that, I, I guarantee there will be a lot more lives saved. Mm. Yes. Yes. Listen to those words. Keep those words. Hold on to those words. Nix, I want to thank you so much for being here. Will you, do you have any upcoming shows, projects, anything you want to plug, socials, anything like that? Um, so I do, I have a TikTok under the name of Nix Kane. I also have my, um, Instagram as well. And I have a YouTube channel, Nix Kane Journey to Better. It's just kind of documenting, documenting. 
something like that. <laughs> my journey with mental health and just my overall health in general and how the physical and the mental all kind of like connect and go together. And also just to let people know that they're not alone. So I am very open and raw in the moments that I'm feeling at that moment because I know there's somebody else out there who feels the same. So if you'd like to follow and, you know, come along for the ride or even just give me some advice, I, I would more than love that. And then hopefully this summer I will be in a show too. So mm, yeah. more on that at eleven. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. There will not be more on that at eleven. There will not. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I actually know the show that Nix is going to be in, and it's going to be really fucking good. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Mental Health Chat Monday. I will link all of Nix's information in the description box below uh, where you can find her on all the socials and YouTube. Make you make sure you subscribe and you follow and like and all that good stuff. Uh, thank you all for being here. If you want to support me, all of my links are down below as well. Thank you all so much for watching and I will see you in the next Mental Health Chat Monday episode. Bye.